if you are saying, I can't have that phrase, other people hear that and then they come back at you with that, right? You're at a social event and they're like, oh, you can't have that. And that Mm -hmm. makes it feel very restrictive. And we want you to be creating the types of habits and the mindset that you can see yourself still doing in five to 10 years and beyond. So really it's about, you know, looking at this as a lifestyle approach and really, you know, coming toward it with this open mind and this positiveness of I'm, I'm making the meals that I want to eat. I'm, I'm eating the foods that I want to eat. I can have all this stuff. I'm adding all these new, new varieties. So really reframing their Welcome to the plant-based DFW podcast weekly show with Dr. Riz and Maya. A show broadcasted from the Dallas-Fort Worth area that focuses on lifestyle medicine. This is the use of evidence-based lifestyle therapeutic approaches, such as a whole food plant-based diet, regular physical exercise, adequate sleep, and stress management to treat, prevent, and oftentimes reverse lifestyle-related chronic diseases that are all too prevalent. Every week, they feature a guest who speaks on one of these lifestyle medicine pillars. This show is for you, the person who is seeking to improve your overall wellness and quality of life. So whether you are driving, walking, or relaxing at home, we hope this show will provide you one more tool for your wellness toolbox. Let's meet today's podcast guest. Welcome to episode 118, and today's guest is Kathy Davis from Veg Inspired. She has been on our podcast before, and today she returns to talk about her second cookbook, and this one will be released on May 25th, and it is titled Super Easy Plant-Based Cookbook. And so make sure to check the show notes for the link to Amazon so that you can purchase the book. And also you can find our show notes on our website, plantbaseddfwpodcast.com forward slash 118 for Kathy's episode. She is a plant-based lifestyle coach, recipe developer, and CEO of Veg Inspired, where she helps people successfully transition to a plant-based diet with practical tips, strategies, and easy and delicious recipes without added stress in the kitchen. She and her husband are currently traveling in their fifth wheel RV with their three cats across the United States on a mission to visit all the national parks. Today, we're going to catch up with Kathy, find out where she is on the road, and then we're going to learn about her new cookbook. Let's welcome back Kathy. Hi, Maya. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me again. I'm super excited to be here and share with your audience some more exciting news about everything that's going on over here in the veg inspired world. Yes. And, you know, before we even uh, move on to talking about plant-based cooking and all of that, uh, you've been on our show before. We talked about you traveling with your husband in a fifth wheel. Have you been on the road for three years now? Just over two and a half years. Yes. Okay. So I was wondering, last time we spoke, you were in Texas. And so where are you today? Yeah, last time we spoke, we were in Texas. We've actually moved. We are all the way up in Sedona, Arizona. We were actually got the New Mexico state since we talked and the Arizona state sticker. And tomorrow we move on to Southern Utah and we will get our Utah state sticker for the side of our camper. So we're really excited and we're going to hit some of those national parks as well. It makes me want to get on the road. Um, where do you put your stickers? Either inside of your trailer or outside? 
they're actually on the slide on the outside right behind me. So you can see them when you approach our front door. So how yeah, fun. So I love exciting. it. So how are you liking Sedona? We love it. We love it. We actually, we don't do a lot of the, I'm going to say like the highly rated tourist things in areas that we go. We really love the national parks, state parks, things like that. But so many people recommended that we do a Jeep tour. And so we looked into it and we actually opted for an ATV side-by-side. And so Sunday we spent four hours off-roading on like these bumpy dirt roads all over the back country of Sedona. And it was so beautiful. And we got to see places that we never would have been able to see just driving our truck. So it was really exciting. Yes. I don't know if I told you, but I grew up in Arizona and Sedona is one of my favorite places. And it seems like so many people I know right now are either going to Sedona, have recently been in Sedona, or, you know, are currently in Sedona, like you. Um, so what's the weather like right now? Because I know in the summer, Phoenix area, it can get pretty hot. It's hot. I think yesterday we were right, right, just a smidge below 100 degrees. Um, we're parked up on a mountain with a really, really nice breeze. So we're able to open all the windows in the RV and not um, not overuse our air conditioner because the breeze just kind of flows everything through. Um, but it's very, very hot and very, very dry, which is new for me. I grew up in the in the Northeast where summers and this type of weather would be so humid. And so this is just a different experience. I mentioned uh, also that recently I've been on the road. I mean, I literally spent like 10 days on the road from going camping in one area about an hour and a half away from us. Then I drove to Houston to spend time with family. And then I drove to Arkansas for a graduation. And I mean, it, I was more overwhelmed from the traveling, not from the eating plant-based. So <laughs> hopefully we'll talk about how we can stay healthy when we're traveling like yourself. Of course, you have your kitchen with you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I am fortunate that I have, I have a big kitchen and lots of, lots of ideas. So I have found my favorites when I'm on the road um, in terms of snacking, especially, I don't know what it is about when you're driving that you tend to, you know, crave foods, but I, I like watermelon. Uh, sometimes I do jicama. The carrots and the, the uh, broccoli dipped in hummus is also nice. Um, but when I'm on the road like that, I really don't have a lot of time to meal plan because I don't know where I'm going to be if I'm going to have a refrigerator or access to a kitchen. So, but we are going to talk about all of that, like how people can stay healthy when they're traveling, how they can cook simple meals, and also how they can meal plan. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Just to remind our listeners, if they didn't hear the first interview, I'll place a link in the show notes. You are a health coach. And so I was interested in knowing that when you work with clients in your coaching program, what types of content do you share? Yeah. So as a plant-based lifestyle coach, I really focus on mindset, which I find most people don't really feel they they need that until they start to explore their own mindset. You know, a lot of us know, you know, what to eat, right? You want to eat plant-based, so you want to eliminate the animal products and you want to eliminate the, um, maybe the processed foods, but you don't really know the, the way to go about that. And so I work a lot on, on mindset. I also focus very heavily on daily habits for success something as simple as adding more water or planning in the types of foods that you can have on hand 
for a quick snack between meals, right? So looking at what those day-to-day habits are really is, you know, one of the major pillars of my coaching program. Okay, so you've mentioned mindset. Would you be comfortable sharing a mindset tip for our listeners? Absolutely. Um, One of the big things that I teach early on in my coaching program is working with my clients on reframing their approach to this way of eating, right? Seeing eating plant-based as a lifestyle change, not a short-term diet is really one of the first things that we tackle. And I also help my clients really ditch those phrases such as, I can't have, I can't eat, good foods, bad foods, right? Because when you're approaching this as a lifestyle, I've found that more of my clients really find success when we look long-term, when we start to get away from those phrases. Because what happens is if you are saying, I can't have that phrase, other people hear that and then they come back at you with that, right? You're at a social event and they're like, oh, you can't have that. And that Mm -hmm. makes it feel very restrictive. And we want you to be creating the types of habits and the mindset that you can see yourself still doing in five to 10 years and beyond. So really it's about, you know, looking at this as a lifestyle approach and really, you know, coming toward it with this open mind and this positiveness of I'm, I'm making the meals that I want to eat. I'm, I'm eating the foods that I want to eat. I can have all this stuff. I'm adding all these new, new varieties. So really reframing their approach to plant-based eating as a, as a lifestyle is one of those big, you know, those big tips that I, that I have early on from a mindset perspective. That is so important, especially that negative self-talk. Like you said, um, the whole idea, I sometimes find myself not so much related to food, but I find myself going, I can't seem to relax or whatever that may be. Uh, Those are the words that I choose. And then I think about how I'm just kind of reprogramming myself to to really do what I'm saying (laughs) in many ways. So um, I, I was telling you that, you know, I've been on the road and I want in this comes back to the mindset. So I've been on the road and before we left, we really didn't do a lot of planning. We took an ice chest, water, and some ice. And then of course, a couple of other things, but we stopped along the way to, you know, here and there at Bucky's, which you've probably seen as you've been on the road. And, uh, you know, you walk in and before I went plant-based, I would walk in and just, I never ate any of that meat because I stopped eating meat a long time ago, but I would pick up things here and there. Well, this last time we stopped in, my husband said, well, what are we going to get? Like in his mind, it was like, well, what what is there to eat here? And I went straight to the vegetables and the fruit that they have in containers. For this trip, we just didn't have time to meal plan, like I said. And so, but I have that mindset, Kathy, that... I can always find something healthy to eat. And because I have that mindset, I believe I attract it. I think that's, that's exactly right. I, I mean, we definitely attract the things. And you know what? Having that mindset means you're open to it, right? So you're not, oh, what am I going to eat here? I mean, yes, I, I'm not a proponent of fast food, but there are some fast food restaurants that have plant-based options that you can, you know, navigate around, right? Mm -hmm. You could get a baked potato from Wendy's or a salad. And then, you know, you might have to bring your own dressing, but you can kind of mix and match takeout. This is what I always teach people, mix and match takeout from different restaurants and make your own, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe you get some steamed rice and veggies from um, an Asian, an Asian inspired restaurant 
and then, you know, you get, or you get a baked potato and you kind of mix and match everything. So now in your hotel room, you've got this smorgasbord of all these, you know, fun things that you can mix and match and eat. I guess it starts with knowing what we should eat and then looking for that. Um, so I mentioned that I didn't meal plan this time, although when I went camping, I did, and I did a wonderful job. Um, I was very happy about that. What do you think about meal planning? Okay, so meal planning is my number one tip for success. Um, and I really approach it in a very specific way. I have found that if you meal plan when with your calendar in front of you, so, you know, Monday nights, you take, you know, a child to extracurricular activities or Tuesday nights, you have your own extracurricular activities or every Wednesday, you seem to work late. There's a late staff meeting. And so you're there late. You start to learn your routines. Then you plug in those easy meals into those routines. So if you know, you don't have an hour to cook on a Monday night, you don't plan a recipe that's going to take an hour to make. Or you plan it and then you can delegate it to somebody else. So mm -hmm. I always, you know, plan according to your calendar. And then I love to use variety with routines. So I'll teach, you know, meatless Monday. So if you have your routine of eating meatless Monday, and I don't mean that every day is not meatless because we're, we're vegan and plant-based, right? I just mean that you're focused on recipes that are like making a meatless meal. So maybe it's, you know, meat, meatless meatballs or chickpea crab cakes or, um, you know, veggie burgers. So those are your meatless meals. I just gave you three ideas and then mm -hmm. you just rotate through those different meals. Taco Tuesdays, you could do potato filling in tacos. You could do, do cauliflower, you could do tofu. So now you've got three more ideas. So take those, take those routines, plug them in and then rotate the recipes through. All you need is four recipes or no recipe meals, as I call those, um, plugged into your weekly routines. And you could have, y'all, if you had four per day, you'd have a month's worth of meals. So it really takes the guesswork out. And if your family loves tacos, you can rotate through four different taco recipes. Now, you mentioned the no recipe meals. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so my definition of no recipe meals are really recipes or meals, I suppose, that you can cook up without a recipe. So you might need to know the oven temperature to roast a vegetable or how long to cook the pasta, but typically it's more about tossing together ingredients versus following a detailed recipe. Now, as you just said, Maya, I mean, once you start to cook things over and over again and you have your favorites, you almost don't even need the recipe, right? It was a recipe at first, but now it's second nature. Something of that effect for me might be a burrito bowl, which is for me is brown rice, black beans, literally drained and rinsed from a can, um, maybe some quick mashed avocado into some guacamole with maybe a little bit of garlic powder, some cilantro and lime juice to kind of brighten it up a little, and then maybe a pico de gallo or a salsa from a jar, or it might be pasta bowls where I do, I cook my pasta, cook some broccoli, and then add some red sauce. So it can be something super easy like that, that is a sustainable meal, but you don't have to follow a long detailed recipe. And really plugging in these no recipe meals takes the stress of having to find the cookbook, find the recipe. Where did I get this recipe from? Oh, I don't know. I'll just cook something else. Like it takes that 
that overwhelm out, right? Like you, you know what to do. You don't need the recipe. You're just going for it. I think sometimes we do get stuck in recipes in thinking that we just need to follow every detail in the recipe. And I think sometimes we do get caught up in that. Like I even think, you know, when something's as simple as roasting veggies and, you know, like we all know how to roast vegetables. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when I write a recipe for one of my cookbooks, I think to myself, I feel like I'm like boil pasta according to package directions. Like, I feel like I'm telling somebody something that they know, but if you left that out, they'd be like, well, how do I cook the pasta? And so it's, it's almost like relearning where you need to actually seek that information in a recipe. So you don't feel like you have to necessarily follow it detail by detail. And then I also teach people when I meal plan that read the recipes when you're planning them. Like, don't just look at the ingredients, but read what has to happen. Because I found the other day, I had to do an entire recipe in a food processor. And I was like, oh, I just washed the food processor. If I had read the whole recipe, I would have known that I should have just used it before I washed it. So it's just taking those easy steps to make it easier for yourself. Sometimes we don't think about things like that. And also, um, I, I'm aware, you know, that a lot of people that are now going vegan, plant-based, are probably didn't weren't familiar with some of the cooking techniques in the kitchen before. So yes, I, I understand that people need to understand how long do you cook pasta? How how what how do you spice up beans, for example? But then it does become easier the once we master something and then we add our own ingredients and our own flavors, then it just becomes easier, doesn't it? It does. And I think, you know, again, going back to like reading the recipe, you might find when you read a recipe, you might be like, oh, this is easier than I thought it would be. It really is just cut all these veggies and toss them in the oven and roast them and then drizzle them with whatever sauce. I mean, so sometimes it's about taking that step back and saying, oh, this is much easier than I thought it was. This really will become a no, a no recipe meal for me. So so Kathy, you have been staying so busy. I'm impressed. You now have a second cookbook um, that will be coming out on May 25th and it's titled Super Easy Plant-Based Cookbook. Can we talk about that cookbook? Absolutely. So this cookbook is really exciting. If you are a fan of the my first cookbook, which is the 30-minute whole food plant-based cookbook, um, I want to give you some really good news. This second cookbook, is an entirely exclusive collection of recipes, no duplicates. So you get a double dose of all my favorites. And I'm so excited because this one is set up in four categories. So the recipes are either no cook, which means they involve no cooking, not even get some pre-cooked stuff from the back of the book. These require no cooking. And I am an advocate for making sure that your meals are satiating. So not only do they are they no cook, but they also are pretty filling too. So I love that section. The next one is 30 minute meals. So it's another dose of more of those easy 30 minute meals that you loved from book one. And then we also have in there five ingredient recipes. Now, what I loved about this chapter was really being creative with flavors that would allow you to maximize those five ingredients. So yes, you might need a barbecue sauce from this section or a bar, you know, a, the salt-free blend that's in the book, but you could also buy substitutes for that if you don't have time to make them. So it really gives you that option to make meals super fast, maybe not fast, super easy with just five ingredients. And then the chapter that I really felt like was, is my most pride and joy 
is the one pot chapter. So you all know I travel full-time in an RV. These two hands right here are my dishwasher, right? So when it's a one pot meal, I celebrate it. But those were really not meals that I had been used to making. I was always the one that pulled out all the gadgets. And so this really allowed me to kind of embrace the one pot meals. So we have everything from tacos to um, breakfast dishes to uh, sheet pan meals. One of my favorite sheet pan meals is the scrambled tofu and potatoes cooked in the oven. How much easier is that than having to stand over that skillet while you cook tofu scramble? Like they are my favorite. So it's just a really exciting book. There's also a chapter on um, staples and homemade items and a chapter on snacks and desserts. Because if you listen to me on any of my other, you know, places that you can hear me on Instagram or you follow me, you know that I am a snacker at heart and I love snacks. So there had to be a chapter on snacks and desserts. So, <laughs> well, uh, so I have my favorite um, from your cookbook. I mean, there are a lot of, of uh, recipes that I want to try, but my favorite, that, or at least what I know that I'll start with, are your lentil and potato soup. Uh, you have a cheesy broccoli soup, a creamy mushroom and noodles, and easy mushroom farro. So I'm very much about soups, stews, and mushrooms. So <laughs> I was like, that is exactly what I want to try. Um, now, so going back to your uh, no-cook recipe, so my husband and I were going through your cookbook and, and I was reading the categories that you have and he said, what is no-cook? And I, you can imagine like how that threw him off, he didn't understand. But basically those are recipes or dishes that are pretty much like raw foods, like a salad. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so there's salads in there. There's also some sandwiches. Um, and then there's even some, you know, there's some salads that you could actually enhance. One of my favorite recipes from that chapter are the artichoke avocado rolls. So it's like, it has the, the like texture of the artichoke and then that creamy avocado with a bunch of spices all placed in like your whole grain hamburger bun or hot dog bun. Uh, it was a playoff of lobster rolls for those of you that are, you know, familiar with that, that delicacy up north. But um, since we don't eat lobster on the plant-based diet, we had to find something else equally as rich and luxurious. And the avocado just fit the bill. I actually like that you have that category of no cook because it's been on my list to make sure that I incorporate more raw foods into my diet just so that I can get like all the nutrients in all of those foods. And so when I was on the road snacking on broccoli, and I actually like to just... Um, Many times I don't plan, like I said, uh, recipes or meals. I just eat directly like the cherry tomatoes or the grape tomatoes. I like to snack on those broccoli. And then I've said carrots and things like that. And I'm not having to think too much about what I'm going to eat because those foods to me are very satisfying. Um, okay, so now on Sunday I had to our sailboat and Kathy, I feel like, you know, this is something we have in common in, in terms of kind of having small spaces and living uh, on board for, um, for us, it'll be um, about a week or so that we'll be on the boat. And I'm already, this time I will be meal planning. So do you have anything you can recommend for me? I know that you have your one pot uh, ingredients or dishes. Those might be easier for me. I have like a little instant pot like the mini one. And when we are in the, our slip, I plug it in and I can 
basically cook everything in there. Otherwise, I don't have too many. I have a propane stove and that's about all the options I have. So I have a couple options. So one okay. of my favorite things to do is to make some of those no cook salads fresh, but toss in those hearty grains. So you could, you know, you could make the, you know, you could make a batch of farro and then add that to the heart, the chickpea kale salad or the lemony kale salad. You could, um, make up some of your favorite pasta and add that to the taco salad so that you have like a taco pasta salad. So it could still be eaten cold on the boat. You won't have to, on the sailboat, you won't have to be doing a lot of prep, but that pasta could be, you know, sitting there in the fridge already pre-cooked, ready to be tossed in all of those, with those delicious ingredients. So any of those soups could likely be trans transitioned to an instant pot soup. The caveat there is I don't actually have an Instant Pot. We did not have an Instant Pot when we bought the RV. And so we brought our rice cooker and we have a stovetop pressure cooker that's kind of large and, you know, cumbersome to use. So we don't always use that. So I don't actually, I did not test those recipes in an Instant Pot, but I would love to hear it if you do. That potato and lentils could probably be done in the Instant Pot and it would be done so fast. Well, aside from actually sailing, which I love so much, the second highlight of all of that is cooking on um, in the galley with such a small space. And it just really makes, it forces you to be more creative with your space. And like you said, when we talk about washing dishes and things like that, you, it's not like you can just continuously run the faucet and, uh, and use so much water either. So, um, so I'm excited about trying some of your recipes there. Yeah, definitely. And you could even, you know, prep some of the seed bark, the chocolate seed bark could be prepped ahead of time and taken with you um, because you just melt that. So you could probably melt the chocolate in a little pan over, you know, over your propane stove and then pour that into, if you, I don't know how big your freezer is. I know sometimes that's the challenge in the small, these small recreational, uh, I'm going to say vehicles, but these, rec <laughs> these, recreational luxuries that we have um, are sometimes our fridge and freezer doesn't accommodate all the prep that we want to do. So going back to your cookbook, uh, so you released what, your 30 minute recipe cookbook last year, or was it this year? February, actually. Okay. Are you constantly uh, creating new recipes while you're on your fifth wheel? Yes. I'm, I'm always te testing in the kitchen. Um, I'm always looking at new ways that I can, you know, maximize either my space or take, you know, take a, typically what I do is I look for cuisines I like. I really like tacos. So there's a lot of taco recipes. Um, and so I'm always looking at ways that I can incorporate new foods. And then um, the other piece of it is I really kind of had an outline to follow for both books. So the first book kind of finished and it was submitted to all my all the editing process and then um the second book was like right in the pipeline to to start on that because there were so many things that i left off that i had left out that you know either didn't fit or that would fit in the second book so it was like just a kept right on going when you build that momentum it's hard to stop like i'm i i remember the first week that i didn't have recipes for the cookbook that i was that i was you know retesting and whatnot and the manuscripts were submitted there for the for their editing round and I was like 
now what am I going to cook? Like, what do I cook? What do I cook this week? Like, there's nothing directing my creativity. Like I'm all on my own. (laughs) (laughs) That is so impressive. I mean, this is what you do full time. This is your life. You are um, basically on the road and you're testing recipes. Oh, you know, last time we forgot to mention your YouTube channel, I think I I don't remember. but I saw a video of yours where you were in Key West, I think it was, and you talked about how you prep for some things and maybe not so much. But I, I mentioned that because I wonder when you're traveling, do you find that visiting various areas actually gives you more ideas in terms of what you can prepare in the kitchen? Yes. So one of the neat things about travel is that we're never at the same grocery store, which in the beginning was kind of like a, uh-oh, what are we going to do about our favorites? Like we were, we're like avid Whole Foods shoppers. We love the Whole Foods products. This is not an ad. I'm not sponsored by them. I'm just, I just love them. But um, when you aren't, when they're not accessible, you're like, well, what am I going to buy? But then as we traveled around, we found all these neat ingredients. Like I found um, dried mint at a, at a, and so I started adding that to some of my dishes just to see, you know, kind of what it does. And it, kind of spices it up in a different way. It like adds this, this new brightness. And so I was able to use that in one of the recipes and just really starting to kind of learn other ingredients, other flavors. Um, we, like I said, I mentioned we love tacos, but we love to go and explore and try new things. We were in Sedona. We ate at this great little tamale restaurant. Um, now I've got it. I'm like hooked on making tamales. Like they are on my menu plan for next week. I will be making tamales and making my own my own veg inspired spin on a tamale. So I'm excited to you know it really does just add this new creativity and lend itself very well. Yes, as a matter of fact, now that you're talking about tamales, uh, so. In 2019, I think it was, I was in uh, Orlando for a conference and we went to a particular um, kind of like a food, uh, I don't know what they call them, it's like four or five different little restaurants within a space. This was the best tamale I have ever had in my life because it was kind of like a fusion, I guess that's what they call it, kind of a a different variety, a different type of tamale that I had never tasted before. And the presentation was awesome and the flavors were very rich. Um, But that's the fun part about traveling too, is that you get to experience a lot of different foods. I find that too, like in Southern Florida, when we travel and we're trying out different foods, I mean, I get so many ideas on what I can come home and, and prepare. Yeah, definitely. So my tamale experience was very similar. So the tamale was there with the the masa and I think it had poblanos and corn in it, but then it was actually like opened and topped with beans and they, and, um, uh, massaged spinach and then guacamole and pico de gallo and pickled (laughs) radishes. And it was like this just delightful presentation. I mean, it was beautiful and it was so flavorful to have this like array of, of toppings. And I, I think it's so cool because you could get it just plain, but she was the um, person taking my order was like, no, I really recommend you try the, the tamale supreme. And I'm so grateful I did. It was so good. I'll have to get the name from you because I plan on going to Sedona, maybe like, uh, I don't know, the window for the good weather has passed, I think, I probably will go around June or July, and then it's going to be too hot. But <laughs> Either way, um, I want to try that tamale place. 
Let's talk about your Facebook group. Um, we talked about it a little bit, but also how often do you go live doing your food demos? In my Facebook group, the Veg Inspired Foodies, I actually offer a live, um, a live training once a week. Some weeks it's me presenting, you know, similar to this style. Other weeks it's me with a guest on their, you know, their zone of genius, like bringing in people to really help support those uh, folks that want to eat more plants and maybe, you know, other things. We have somebody working on movement coming in and somebody working with gardening coming in in the next few weeks. And then um, oftentimes I will do, you know, maybe talk about recipes or talk about foods. And then every now and then I'll turn that camera and do some cooking demos from the kitchen. So it really just depends on, you know, what types of topics I see the need for. So I love, one of the, my passions is really to inspire people to eat more plants. And I take a lot of um, responsibility in connecting with my group members and really, you know, finding out where they're struggling and finding out how I can support them in my free, you know, my free community and really how they, the information that I can share can take them to that next level, whether it's an inspiration, motivation, or just an educational tip. So, um, yeah, I would love to connect with more people in that group, get you some mm -hmm. free resources. Sometimes I send out meal plans. Sometimes I send out, um, you know, links to videos. I help curate recipes if you're looking for something specific. So I do offer a lot within that community. And then the community members themselves are amazing. They're always posting recipe ideas and, you know, things that they've tried or seeking help. And it's just, it's a really awesome group of people. And that's what we find, right? That support is key uh, when you're learning to live this way um, and finding people that, well, like yourself, you're very involved with your group and also they themselves can share and chat with each other. Um, so you said in terms of what's next for you on the road, you're headed to Utah after Sedona, I think. Yes, we're going to hit, uh, we're going to be in Southern Utah. So we're going to actually take the drive down to the North Rim of the Grand Canyon because as I mentioned, the national parks are our first our first trip around the U.S. That's our goal. Then we are going to head up to Zion National Park and do a little bit of hiking and touring up there. And then we will actually move the camper up uh, up into central Utah and visit Bryce Canyon, Capitol Reef. We're going to do a little bit of a visit to Park City, Utah. And then we'll start to make the trek past the Tetons and Yellowstone all the way up to Glacier, which is, wow. for those of you who don't know, it is way up north in Montana. I imagine that you photograph a lot of these places as well. I mean, you're really building some memories. Yes, we are. And we actually have, um, we, we share those a lot. I try to share them on my Veg Inspired channel, but I also have an Inspired We Go channel. Um, on, on Instagram where I do share some pictures. I've neglected it a little bit because of uh, the cookbooks and all that, but we have been taking some really, really beautiful pictures of these national parks that we're hoping to get back up on onto Instagram to really share the journey with, with our friends and followers. Have you ever done meetups at any of these locations or have you ever considered meeting up with some of your followers at the locations where you're at? We did. Um, we actually did a meetup. Uh, it was February of 2019. Um, we posted it out. We had about, I think there were six of us. So it was pretty small. We met at Ethos restaurant in Orlando 
And it was just so much fun to connect with my followers and my, they've become my friends and we would love to do meetups. I'd love to do book signings. So if you are on my route and you heard, oh my gosh, I'm in Park City, like let's connect on Instagram and see if we can't do something there. Um, but I would love to get out and do some book signings and maybe do some food demonstrations. But I know that we're still limited with the pandemic. So I've kind of held off on all of that. But I would, I would absolutely love to do meetups. And um, like I said, book signings and just really share my joy and passion for plant based eating. Yes, that would be a blast for people to meet you in person. And like you said, you know, to have a book signed, because um, I mean, we already see you on YouTube. And so and follow you. So just to know that, you know, you know get a photo with you and, <laughs> and all of that would be a lot of fun. Um, before I forget, was there anything else that we wanted to cover or anything else that you'd like our listeners to know? You know, some of my, my last my parting words for all of you are, you know, Take your plant-based living one day at a time. Take it one meal at a time. Don't beat yourself up if, you know, you accidentally eat a bun with eggs in it. It happens to us. And, you know, you're making such amazing choices by taking control of your health and the way that you're eating by, you know, embracing a plant-based lifestyle. Enjoy it. Find recipes that you absolutely love and that you can see yourself eating in five to 10 years and really make it that easy way of living. And congratulations on your book. Oh, uh, remind us how we can get your either of your books. Yes. Yeah, so both of my books are available for order on Amazon. Um, and then I actually did some, some research and they can all be found at any place you order books from. So you might be able to get them at your local Barnes and Noble or um, small bookstores can order them. Oftentimes the bookstore will have to order it. But if you prefer not to shop at um, Amazon or any of the big box stores, you can access them or ask them for um, from your local bookstore. Uh, if you need help with that, shoot me a message. I'm veg inspired on Instagram. Um, and I can get you in touch with my sales rep so that, you know, your bookstore can have that. And um, if anybody's listening and they want to sell copies of the books, you can also do that. I actually had a couple of um, places in, in Pittsburgh reach out. So that's exciting to think that we can spread this message even further. Your super easy plant-based cookbook. Uh, that one, I really, I mean, I like both of your books, but that one has such a great list of uh, recipes that, everything from you know spending some time in the kitchen to making something so easy without having to cook uh, and those are the recipes that we're looking for it makes uh, like you said it makes life easier so that people are more likely to eat healthy plant-based meals so thank you so much kathy for coming on again appreciate it yes thank you maya so much for having me and to the listeners thank you so much for tuning in we i love sharing my passion with all of you so thank you again for having me i appreciate it You've been listening to the Plant-Based DFW podcast show. If you like our content, please like, share, and leave a review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.